Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Erin Pym, and I'm the producer of the theatrical variety show, The Bedpost Sex Show. Here at the podcast, I invite guests and performers from the stage show and beyond to indulge me in a more in-depth conversation about sex and sexuality. This week, I have a super special guest, Foad HP. Hello. What, what? What up? <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Welcome to the bedroom. We um got we got bullied out of the library. <laughs> by a very nice old British lady. <laughs> yeah, by two elderly people. <laughs> and I'm like, don't worry, Foad, we like won't be disturbed. It's no problem. We just go to start and those two elderly people like she did not care. No, she didn't give a fuck. <laughs> she she ca- usually like people are like, Oh, are you doing something? Oh, we don't want to interrupt, and they just leave. Yeah, you know. But yeah, she came in and like sat right down. Sat right like, down, turned on the heat. Yeah, turned on the super super loud heat fan. Yeah. Oh, so that no, was great. And you're, she's like, oh, uh, or no, you said we're recording something, and she's like, oh, so it's okay that the fan's on. Like, I guess it you has know, to be. I guess so. <laughs> well, we'll have a good day, ma'am. We'll see you later. <laughs> Thanks for hanging in there and coming up to the the condo. Hey, no, no problem. I we guess. also walked into uh, into Matt McGreedy just being naked still in the apartment. Um, so <laughs> we had to remedy that first. Uh, but anyway, um, Foa, tell me a bit about yourself. I don't know you hardly at all. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're going to do the April show. I am. The yes. April Bedpost show. Yeah. You're a stand-up Which comedian, I'm very right? Excited. Yes, I've been a stand-up for about five years. Yeah. Uh, this summer will be five years. Actually, my stand-up anniversary is on my birthday. We just happened to be oh. like a, a random happenstance, which is kind of fun because I don't celebrate my birthday, so it gave me a reason to celebrate on that day. I'm like, oh, this is important to me. <laughs> this is something <laughs> I did, not just something that happened to me. <laughs> you were born? Yeah. No just, big deal? Yeah, whatever. That's not important to me. <laughs> and what kind, of, what kind of material do you generally talk about? Uh, just things that I'm passionate about and, and things that I feel like people should be listening to or, or hearing and for the most part it's relatively dark my, my sense of humor has been pretty dark mm-hmm. and I found a way to make it a little more accessible from when I first started when I I feel like a lot of comics do this when they first start they go like super edgy or super dark just as like a shock value yeah like a preemptive self-defense thing where if they don't laugh they're like oh it's because I'm too edgy they didn't get it right? <laughs> they don't get me they could never get that's me that's right I'm just too <laughs> far ahead for them to get it right so yeah. So I, I did the classic thing as well, 
But my sense of humor has always been relatively dark, so I found a way to, to make that a little more accessible. And I'm, I'm having a lot of success, which is nice. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was three years in, I won a contest at Absolute Comedy called Prove Your Comic, and that kind of bumped me up from amateur comic to pro, which is nice. Damn. But I started going to like paid shows. And then last year, I won the Toronto Comedy Brawl, wow. which was exciting. And it's kind of like the Golden Globes to the Canadian Oscars of the homegrown competition that just last. <laughs> because anyone who wins uh, the Comedy Brawl ends up going on to win homegrown at Just for Laughs. It's been like pre-consistent. Mm -hmm. So that's a good indicator for me of things to come. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Um, and where, what kind of venues do you usually play? Like, what is your, what is your career, your comedic career, like look like? Right now, it's it's mostly comedy clubs. Mm -hmm. uh, so Absolute Comedy at Young Langton is is my home club. Mm -hmm. But I'm trying to get in with Yuck Yucks, uh, Yuck Yucks. Yucks as well. Just want to try to have as much on my comedy resume as possible. For sure. And it's exciting because I, I was having a really hard time getting on, but I, I got to do their, their amateur night on actually this week, mm -hmm. uh, this Tuesday. And I, I got a showcase for Mike Breslin next week because of how well I did. So that's. Damn! Mm. <laughs> no big deal. Humble brag. Humble brag. <laughs> Oh yeah, Breslin just asked for me by name. You yeah, know. no problem. <laughs> Whatever happens every day. Um, do you talk about sex and sexuality ever on stage? Not, not right now. Just because I haven't found a, a great way. Like my my style right now is is very calculated and very precise. I would say, mm -hmm. and I haven't found the way I want to. I did when I first started. I did talk about sex and sexuality. Uh, but I, I haven't found a way to, to broach it in a way that I feel like would fit my, my comedic voice just yet. Like, mm -hmm. I, I'm vegan as well, and I, I don't talk cool. about that at all on stage. Because, again, I haven't found a way to, to broach it, it yeah, the way I want to. Like, I can I can find, you know, silly things to talk about, but I want it to be consistent with, with how I the sound. The rest of your style? Yeah, exactly. That's very... I don't know. Do... I, I have a feeling people don't put that much thought into it, but do comedians? I guess they do. I think I think on some degree they do, but I, I, I think it's definitely the more experienced comedians who do this. Not to say that I'm like super experienced, but I, I, I've... You're getting there, though. I'm getting there, yeah. And I, I'm trying to put in... I, I read this amazing book called Talent is Overrated, which was, oh my gosh, if you haven't read it, like, incredible. Changed my life. Uh -huh. But it was all about deliberate practice. It was about that getting that 10,000 hours in, but it's a very specific 10,000 hours. It's not just, like, hammering a nail over and over again. You, you have to find your weaknesses, work on those, and then continue to improve. So I, I've been trying to take a very calculated approach to my stand-up and make sure that everything I do fits into with who I am as a person and not just like for the, the sake of a joke. That's really impressive to me. Like, I don't know, maybe just because I'm like, my partner is an improviser. <laughs> literally, literally. But it's no thought. Like, like for the monthly bedpost show, yeah. I put in like the full month of like curating a really... Like, curating every part of the evening, like, doing my own rehearsing, like, I'll usually be involved in all different parts of the show, so, like, I'm putting so much thought and effort and time into it, yeah. and, like, Matt does, like, a show every other night, an improv show, right? And literally, he just shows up. <laughs> yeah. So, what, because um, you approached me to do bedposts. I did, yes. So, what, um, what are you, I'm not wanting you to give away your set or anything oh, like no that. Worries. What are you planning on, like, uh, talking about or touching on or? Well, a couple of things. I, I am 32 now, mm -hmm. and. And I was a virgin until I was 26, mm -hmm. so I think that's something that I would really like to talk about. And I feel like it would have made my 
virgin experience a little easier had I heard someone else talking about it and totally later on in life too uh, not not that 26 is like terribly late but I feel like uh, I did the this show called losing it on MTV and mm-hmm. I was the only one who had anything like over the year uh, over the age of 20 everyone else on the show was like I lost it when I was 12 I lost it when I was, I was like okay that's a bit young but <laughs> You what know. was this show? What is this? Losing uh, it's, it. It's a now defunct show, but it was about losing your virginity, and it was basically like humorous stories about the people's uh, first time having sex. Cool. And yeah, and I, I reached out, and I, that was like my first time being on TV, and it was, it was a very interesting experience going on there. And That's very brave of you to... Like, just even just jumping in and going on TV and talking about your virginity story yeah. and losing your virginity. Yeah. I was more interested in being on TV at the time because I just started stand-up. I'm like, I got to get out there and get some credit. <laughs> virginity? No problem. I don't give a shit. Get that out of me. Was it nerve-wracking? Were you, after the fact, were no, you like, no, oh, God, was, what have I, I done? No, I, and I, I, I got to... I guess showcase some of my writing skills as well. I got to like really punch up my virginity loss story. I yeah, to, yeah. Actually, make a storytelling. Yeah, story yeah. And it. I added like some funny. I embellished a little bit just to make it a little more funny because mm-hmm. they—that's what they were looking for. I'm like, all right, that's, I really would just want to get on the show. And <laughs> <laughs> fuck truth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. Um, yeah, like I've done. Um, I do my friend's storytelling shows. He's with Press Gang uh, Theater, Press Gang Storytelling. Um, and he, his name is Graham Isidore. Uh, and I've seen he, the name on Yeah, Facebook. yeah. And he usually, yeah, he does a good job promoting as well. Um, and he usually gets me to do a story anytime there's a theme that's uh, like about sex or relationships right. or something like that. Um, the one, there was supposed to be one this month, actually, but it got canceled, and I still had no idea. I'm like, thank God it got canceled, because I still had no idea what I was going to say. <laughs> I was thinking of, like, talking about, like, our first threesome, maybe, but, like, because there are just a bunch of funny things that kind of happen, like, like the condom was, just did not fit Matt at all, like, at all, like, not even close. Um, he also wore a cock ring for the first time. Okay. So, like, that, <laughs> that was funny because he just, like, numbed himself out, like, you're not supposed to wear it, like, super long. Yeah. And, like, so he just, like, <laughs> he's like, I could not feel anything he's like i had the thought um like halfway through he's like wow this must be what it's like to have sex um for a girl to have sex and kind of not be really into it right yeah (laughs) because like as a dude if you're not into it you're just gonna lose your erection and you know but for women it's like you can kind of be half there and, you know, still be penetrated, right? Yeah. Um, so he's like, wow, I really saw, like, the other side, <laughs> which is not a good thing <laughs> to realize midway through an encounter. Oh, my God. That's funny. Yeah, it was pretty dumb. Um <laughs> But anyway, let's get into your let's get into your story then. Maybe because um, you're you're an immigrant, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you do the um, you do a show, an immigrant stand up show with yeah. Carol. Carol Zockley, yeah. Right. It's called Comedy of the Second Language, and it's basically just immigrant comedians performing in their second or third or fourth or whatever language. Yeah. English is my third language. Is your third language? Yeah, it's Carol's second language, so it's. 
it's already a hard enough thing to go up there and do stand-up, but to do it like, I, I guess it is technically my, my third language, but really English is my first language because I, I was seven when I got to Canada. Where did you grow up? Or I grew up from then. I was born in Iran and mm-hmm. then I, I moved to Greece illegally with my, my family and then we got visas to come here. So I learned Farsi first and then Greek and then English, but English, like I grew up here, so that became my priority, and I put all my energy into English, and, and I studied English in university, like I love reading, I've been writing for a very long time, even way before I started stand-up, so like technically English is my, my first language, yeah. but it's I, I had to learn two other ones before I got to this one, like this is the one I like. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> made your choice. <laughs> So, um, what, what about like in your family or like, or in your schooling or just growing up through adolescence, like being an immigrant and living in different places when you were kind of an adolescent, what were you informed about? Like through, through sex and sexuality? Very, very little, uh, especially yeah, growing up here, like a, a lot of the people I went to high school with were, were talking to me about having sex and, and whatnot. And it was just this thing that I, I really wanted, but I had no idea how to go about getting to. And I was very much a, a very shy, anxious person. I still am to some degree, but I've, I've learned to deal with it in, in several ways now. And I can go out of my comfort zone and I'm okay with that. But yeah, growing up, I, I was incredibly anxious, incredibly nervous. I was a bit overweight, so I didn't feel much about, I feel very good about myself. Yeah, so, so like self-image. Yeah, definitely. I had, had a lot of things going on. So uh, I, I, I used that to hold myself back. Like I, There was a, a few girls in high school who showed some interest in me, but mm-hmm. because of how I felt about myself, I'm like, no, there's no way. There's like, you're trying to get something from me because there's no way someone can find me attractive. Aww. Yeah, <laughs> so there's... I did have opportunities prior to losing my virginity, but because of how I felt about myself, I I, I, I just put up these walls that I'm like, no, no, it's not gonna, there's there's something going on. There's some ulterior motive. You don't want to get with me. Like no one wants to get with me. So why would you want to? There's something going on here. I don't trust you. Get away from me. And I just push those people away until eventually I got to a point where I started to actually take care of myself and love myself. And then I could open up and allow someone else and, and find it possible for someone else to find me attractive. When did that start to happen? That kind of journey, self-love journey? It started, I think, when I was about 22. I, I So way, so after, yeah, like in college or in university? I, I started university at 24. So I, I, okay. I, I actually dropped out of high school. Okay. Because I, I hated the experience. It was just like a I hear you. Oh, fuck. Yeah, high school was the worst time of my life. Yeah, it was so brutal. Oh my gosh. Like, it was just me trying to find a place to fit in. I was just trying to survive. Like, yeah, trying to fit in. You just wanted to be accepted. Like, for me, I wanted, I just wanted attention, positive attention and love so badly. I made some of the stupidest, shittiest decisions of my life based on that, of me just wanting to be loved so badly and wanting to be liked and accepted. Like, for sure. Oh my God. God. And when I, you go out of your way to find those things, you always find it in the wrong places, right? So, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Certainly did. I had, yeah, like my, speaking of like virginity stories, oh my God, mine is, mine is pretty bad. Like as you're saying, oh, the people on that show, yeah. I lost it when I was 12. I lost it when I had, I was 14 to a total asshole, total, total asshole. Um, and we were dating, but like. He, he had his eyes on, like, this other girl the whole time. And, like, I remember even, like, I didn't even smoke pot or anything at that time. But, like, I would smoke pot because he smoked pot. And I would do it just so I could be with him. Yeah. Like, 
you know, we'd be at a party and I'd be like, hey, like, can I buy some weed off of you? And then the two of us would go. Like, that was the way I had to. I felt like I had to. Oh, I know all about that. My best friend in high school was my bully. But, like, I I thought of him as, as my friend at the time. But he was totally my bully. Like, he beat me up and stuff and I'm like we're friends like no we're not friends <laughs> this <laughs> no, guy's just taking advantage of me but like I, I wanted again I wanted that that love and attention so badly I'm like he's giving it to me you know so I'll, I'll take it like he actually he would take my debit card and just like he bought a carton of smokes without my permission with my debit card like how much does that cost I don't smoke and I'm like never have smoked like a hundred bucks or yeah. something yeah like, it's not cheap not cheap yeah. when you're in high school i was like oh, i don't even know what i thought about that i don't even think i was mad i think i might have been happy about it yeah for sure no it's the same with me and my bully I, I would give him money all the time to buy weed so we can go and smoke but it was always like me buying everything <laughs> yeah and i was and i loved it i'm like yes i get to hang out with him some more <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I think I was happy about it. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I remember this girl he was into. I just thought she was perfect, too. Like, I probably had a crush on her as well. Like, she was just everything I wanted to be. She had, like, these little skinny thighs. Like, she had, like, her... We we were in Catholic school, so we were doing the whole kilt thing. Right. And, like, just... She had her kilt, like hemmed super oh, short nice. and like mine was like rolled up at the waist and like looking so frumpy and like terrible because you had to roll it up because yeah. it's just like below your knees but of course, yeah. hers she got hers like professionally hemmed and like her hair was just i don't know i just like really envied everything about her her hair her skin like her weight she was tiny but she had these bigger boobs and i was just like obviously he likes her better like yeah. I like her better than myself. You know what I mean? I get it. Yeah. I totally like, oh my God. Yeah. And then we had sex and it was just like the worst decision. Everybody knew, obviously. And I was like in grade nine. Even the teachers knew. Ugh, it was like bad. <laughs> Easy E was the nickname. It was pretty bad. But, um. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. <laughs> yeah, it sucked. But I mean, it also. Um, formed hey. formed who I am today. So for sure, I yeah. mean, how can I? How hey, can and I... at least unlike your namesake, you didn't die of AIDS. So <laughs> <here you go. laughs> yeah, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> you know, you already went up on him, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. So um, so yeah. So when you were so after high school, you st- so what what kind of like steps did you take, or what did you do to kind of? So the, a big part of me kind of coming out of that whole self-hate thing was martial arts. I found martial arts hey. and, I, and I, I found a, a, a really good friend who was just like a really genuine person and, and made no value judgments on who I was. Actually, the, I met him through a friend and he's like, oh, I got a friend who's got like a martial arts experience and he loves to train. So he like put us in contact on MSN Messenger one day and he's like, yeah, just come to my place. And I just went to his house, like, out of the blue. I'd never met the guy. And he, he was so welcoming, so nice, so genuine. Like, he invited me into his house. We, like, we, we ate some food. And then we, we did some martial arts training. And, like, I really, we really bonded a lot together. And, and that allowed me to kind of start to form an identity that didn't involve hating myself and hating who I was. And, and then from there, I got into... To fitness and and I was working a job in Mississauga that I absolutely hated. It was it was a tech support for a, an insurance software company. Oh god! And yeah, it was it was brutal. So already, <laughs> but I it was 
one of my favorite movies of the time was Office Space. I'm like, yeah, it's so funny. And then I got this job, and I had four bosses who would each take their turns coming to tell me every time I screwed something up. I'm like, oh my god, this is my life now. This is, this not, is my life. This is my no life. longer funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hate this movie. I hate this movie. So I, I, I'm like, I can't do this. Like, if I continue to do this, I'm <coughs> gonna no problem. I'm gonna definitely gonna be in a in a very bad position. Like, I'm gonna it's gonna take me down that road again. I don't want to do this. So I decided to go to university. So I. Applied to York as a mature student when I was 24. I, I got in like just before the deadline of that year. Like, thank goodness I couldn't stay in another year of that office work. So I, I quit. I, I went to quit your job. Yeah, I quit my job. Started going to York. I got a job at Blockbuster. Which was yeah. <laughs> also, Anybody still know what that is? Yeah. Matt had a job at Blockbuster, actually. Yeah. It was a good time. I had a great time <laughs> yeah. at Blockbuster. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And I, I love telling people to, to watch the movies I loved because everyone hated the movies I loved. Like, uh, <laughs> Burn After Reading. I like that. That's a great movie. I like that. I recommend that movie to everybody. Must e- F, Everyone right? came back. No, no. Uh, or Jack... What am I thinking? Jack Black? No. Oh, you're thinking... Uh, what am I thinking? Be Kind Rewind. Thank you. With Jack yep, Black yep. and... Yeah. Yeah, it was also a fun movie. I liked it. <laughs> Uh, Burn After Reading was a Coen Brothers movie that they did right after No Country for Old Men. Yes. And it was like, it was with Brad Pitt, Francis McDormand, John Malkovich, uh, Tilda Swinton was in there, George Clooney is in there. So it was like a solid cast. It was a really funny movie, but very little happens. And it, it was very like dialogue based, so people would like hated it. Everyone who came back with the movie like, I thought you said this was good. Okay, it was good. You didn't like it, you weirdo? Get out of here. You're not worth my time. That's awesome. Um, yeah, for me, it was, I think, to kind of find a new, as you're saying, find like a new identity for myself. Mine was theater. I nice. got into theater. Yeah, I started doing like music theater. Um, and yeah, getting, I think getting a new group of friends yeah. was huge. So Once I started getting into the arts, like, so I did theater and then, um, and then I started getting into music. Like I got into, um, people that were like we we were in a band started up a band and stuff like that and that was like i think that was really the gateway to figuring figuring it all out yeah figuring myself out and what would make me happy definitely right. and just even seeing like even just seeing some future for yourself for sure like some future goals something you wanted for yourself yeah something like you said some some foresight because for the longest time I, I didn't see a future for myself like in high school I saw no future I'm like I have no idea what's going to happen I have nothing that I'm working towards same with that office job in Mississauga I'm like I have no idea like what's the future I here hate, is yeah. the worst yeah I can't even I don't even want to imagine a future with this company yeah yeah, Matt has this, it's funny, Matt, when you meet Matt, Matt McCready, my partner, he is like the funniest, most loving, outgoing, and like very confident, yeah. very confident person, and so talented. Yeah. Um, like he produces some of the best comedy shows in the city. Um, sure, yeah. And he's easily, I can say, without bias, like one of the best improvisers in the city as well. And he says, like when he was in high school, he said, I had no... I had no talents. He's like, I, I had no interests, is actually what he said. Yeah. I had no interests. He's like, I would watch TV, I'd go to school, I'd hate it, I'd do badly at school, I had no social life, and getting into comedy was what changed it for him. Yeah, for getting sure. Getting into improv, and like, I think his very first stuff was like Bad Dog Theater, like the old Bad Dog that yeah. was on uh, on the Danforth. Right. Um. But yeah, just getting, that's huge. It's so important. Just finding something you're passionate about. Definitely. can change your whole life. 
Anyway, we're going to take a very quick break, cool. uh, and then we're going to get back into your story and talk about some of the topics that you you came here to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to be right back with Foe at HP. Let me tell you about Come As You Are. Come As You Are is the world's only worker-owned cooperative sex shop. And they have a fundamentally anti-capitalist and feminist approach to sexual pleasure, health, and education. This means that Come As You Are is able to ensure that their shop reflects diverse genders, orientations, sexualities, and life experiences, rather than just one person's idea of what sex and sexuality products should be about. Come As You Are is never put in a position where they have to bend their professional or personal ethics to please the man. And they are offering a fantastic discount to Bedpost listeners. That's 15% off at www.comeasyouare.com with coupon code BEDPOST. All you gotta do is type in B-E-D-P-O-S-T when you check out at comeasyouare.com to receive this generous discount. I truly hope everyone listening goes to the website and sees what these folks are really all about. And I truly hope that you enjoy the rest of the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Bedpost Podcast. I'm here with Foe at HP. What, what? Yeah, photo HP in the house. Um, so you want to, so let's talk about your virginity story then. Okay. What happened there? So it, I was my second year of university. No, going into my third year of university. It was almost the end of the second year. And I was, I was still really miserable because I thought university would give me the thing that I needed. I'm like, okay, this will make me a person. Uh, I constantly <laughs> thought that in my life. Like, just trying to find happiness. If I do this, then I will be this happy. This one thing <laughs> is going to make me, yeah. And, and not again, not at all. Because that's not how it works. <laughs> that's not how it works. <laughs> so, but I, I was like, okay, I really, I got to make a change. So there was this girl uh, who I, I really liked. She was in gender studies. I was talking to you. Yeah, you took a great yeah. uh, course, gender studies. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Oh my gosh, so good. So yeah, there's this girl in there that I that I met and I really liked. I thought she was like very beautiful and we, we like talked and we hit it off. So I was trying to get with her and I found out that she had a boyfriend like shortly before that. And then she, one day she's like, hey, I just broke up with my boyfriend. I want to go out drinking. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. okay, I know what this is like. And then so I get there. <laughs> And her friend is there, and she's like, oh, yeah, this is my friend so-and-so. We're, like, uh, the two of us, we, we want to go out drinking. We'd like, you know, we want you to come along. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Now it's three of us, yeah, so Yeah, now okay. there's three of us, so let's do it. Uh, and she was female as well, the, the other friend. So so we go, to the, we go to the bar, we start drinking, and I was still drinking at the time. I, I don't anymore because I, I don't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But uh, we started drinking, and her friend and I actually hit it off way better than... <laughs> And I thought we did. I did with her, and we started to make out. Like we both got like just like sloppy drunk, and, <laughs> and we were like making, making out in the bar, making in the bar, out, and like yeah, touching each mess. other. Yeah. And then the bartender had to come and tell us, like, guys, please, like, tone it down. Like it was getting ridiculous. <laughs> so we we all went back to my place that night because she was uh, the the original friend who I wanted to hook up with was just like in tears and us making out it was not helping <laughs> what a hot mess <laughs> so uh so I'm like yeah you guys like sleep here uh, and then the 
the, the following morning, everyone got up and left. And but the, the the friend and I that were, were making out, we we exchanged numbers and mm-hmm. and we started dating, mm. and then shortly after that, uh, like I want to say like a week later, we we went out to dinner and then she came back to to my place again, and I'm like, oh my god, it's happening! <laughs> <laughs> it's all happening! <laughs> so we yeah we we were like fooling around and I, we I got her clothes off, got my clothes off and had you gotten that far yet? No. It'd been a week, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like a like a, just making out. Just making them. out and then just like touching each other, but but no actual like naked touching. Right. So and I'd never done that with anyone. Like I would kissed a few girls before then, but and like touched a, a couple of breasts here and there. Yeah. Consensually of course. But, but, <laughs> but <laughs> No, I'm not running out and touching breasts like ha So it was all new. It was all, all, all brand new. I had no idea what to do. Uh, so we, yeah, I, I got my my penis out and, and I <laughs> got the condom on and I yeah. put it inside her. And the second it went inside, I'm like, oh, I'm going to come. And I yeah. came immediately just because I was like so excited. Like my mind was like, it's happening. It's, this is the best. <laughs> I get it. And I just came immediately. Instantly. And I, I was like so ashamed and embarrassed. I'm like, ah. Oh. So I made up some lie. I, I told her that she was like tighter than everyone else that I've had sex with. It's kind of a zero. nice lie. It's yeah. kind of a kind lie. Yeah. So and she was she was cool about it. She's like, oh no problem. And then we we dated for once like close to a year after that. And mm. we, we we did have regular sex after that. Yeah. And, and I, I wasn't coming with the second it went in. Which <laughs> yeah. <is> good. <laughs> that's good. Uh, yeah. So did you did you have to like did you have to do anything to kind of relax and be able to prolong it a bit? Like, did you have to take any steps to? Ah, uh, just just kind of taking it slow. Like the the first couple times we had sex, I just kind of got carried away and just like went as hard as fast as I could uh, yes. until I was done. I'm like, okay, this is not the way to to elongate <laughs> this process. <laughs> So yeah, just just realizing Let's that. Take it down a notch. Yeah, Let's... you can take it easy and take it slow. It doesn't need to. We're be... in no rush. Exactly, and yeah. and and part of that was my only experience with sex, uh, pretty much from the age of thirteen to that point. So thirteen years was pornography, and in yeah. pornography, they're just like nonstop pounding. There's there's no like no one slowly having sex. I was no. just like pounding at home for like minutes at a time. Yeah. So uh, so that's your view of what it should be like yeah that was my point of reference right so i'm like okay this is how you have sex you just fuck as hard as fast as you can yeah and she's gonna have a screaming orgasm she's just gonna come super hard yeah (laughs) and 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 then i can just come on her face (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's what sex is that's sex totally yeah so uh so that was it, yeah, it was interesting, and I, and I I really learned a lot. And I when uh, did you when did you kind of start to realize that sex was not like good sex is not just emulating what you see in a porn. I, I think after about like the the third or fourth time I was I had had sex, I was like, okay, this is not how you have sex. This is a very like theatrical sex that they're portraying right. in these movies and these very videos. Very presentational. Yeah it's, yeah, it's not at all this thing. And but I, I'm very fortunate. Like I I I don't get awkward because I, I guess it's all the social anxiety I had as a kid. I, I'm okay with just kind of take sidestepping the situation where where she wasn't initially uh anytime we had to like kind of put a like the brakes on with what we were doing 
she would initially be like, oh, the mood is ruined. I'm like, why? We're just like shifting or something. <laughs> like there's no reason for it to, you know, become awkward. Right, we, right. Like, like you were saying with Alicia May, that everyone was like, there's a lot of sex, but it wasn't very sexy. I guess that like transitioning, it's not very sexy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The whole, yeah, it's funny. Like, the mood. Yeah. Like, like really, like fuck the mood. Like, <laughs> yeah. is there, a, like, does there need to be a mood? I actually read something, um... Read something recently uh, on couples that kind of their sex life has kind of dissipated, and they're like, "How do we, you know, how do we like start having sex again like we used to? Like yeah. we just don't have sex anymore." And she, her kind of thing was saying that um, a lot of couples wait for the mood to strike them to have sex, and it's like this this thing called the mood doesn't exist. No. You have to make. The sex happen yeah. like it's not gonna just suddenly <laughs> this romantic uh, sexy feeling. It's not gonna overtake you. Like, overtake oh. you and like like. We yeah. wanted to. We wanted to be super romantic. Yeah. And be like, oh, we romanticize yeah. the the mood yeah. like that you're gonna. But it's like no, just like be like I would really like connect with you and have sex with you right yeah. now. Let's go in the bedroom and let's start holding each other and kissing each other and then. Like, you're going to feel like you want to have sex. Yeah. At, at that point, if the two of you are like, yes, I want to have sex with you. Let's go and do yeah. that. And then you start doing it. Like, you're going to, you're, that's half the work. Yeah. That's most of the work. It's most of the work. Absolutely. Right? Like, fuck, the, the mood happen, has to yeah. strike you. Like, you got to make, make the sex happen. For like, sure. Yeah. The mood, the mood is a myth. It's a myth. Because, like, who, who... Yeah, who's lighting candles and who's lighting incense and and for sure, right? But so much of petals. what we think sex is, we take from the media and like the media is like, ooh, they're just like in the throes of passion and then yeah. they go to the bedroom. It's like sometimes you just come home from work and you see your partner and it's like, hey, I'd really like to Let's go down sex. on you right now. Let's, can we do that, please? <laughs> <laughs> can we do that, please? Yeah, say yes, I would like that now. Um, yeah, like, yeah, it misrepresents it, right? Not even just in porn, but, like, just the ro- whole romantic element of movies and TV. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's so unrealistic. It's very, just, very like, unrealistic, yeah. Like, it's not, and, and you get this stupid idea of, like, what a relationship, what a sex life is supposed to be yeah. like, that you're, like, just have this passionate, you're in the passionate throes, like, the throes of passion, yeah. you know, And it puts all this the pressure time. on you, like you said, to be like, well, I can't have sex now. This is, like, not the mood. Like, yeah. Yeah. instead of like actually creating that mood like you were saying that's that's when it happens yeah and that's make people, the decision yeah. <laughs> you know and communicate with your partner how you feel and it's like hey I'm, i would really like to like kiss you and touch you right now do, do you feel okay with that right in this moment yeah nine times out of ten they're gonna say yes Absolutely. and even if even if they don't like even with me and matt like if one of us is not then we'll be like we'll be like no i'm good but I'll get you off. Yeah. I'd love to get you off. Yeah. And it's like, great. Like that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's fine. You can, you can totally be like, you know what? No, I'm not, not really into it. But like, yeah. I'd love to do that for Absolutely, you. Absolutely. Yeah. I and care about you. I would more than. Happy. Like yeah. you're, you're into it. So like, let's do it. Cause you get partner, you get pleasure out of pleasing your partner. Definitely. Oh right? my gosh. 
And, and actually saying that, so then that will happen, and then the whole even act of getting your partner off, then a- then after that happens, then the other person's like, okay, do me yeah, now, because yeah. that's sexy in itself. It is. It's so sexy, right? Giving, giving your partner pleasure, off, right? Yeah, you're like, oh, now I'm feeling it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas before, you're like, no, I'm good. I'll just do you. Yeah. And then after it, you're like, uh, yes, please. <laughs> Uh, me now my turn yeah um so after so after having that relationship with that girlfriend um were you good to go from there forward just like where sex is concerned or did to, you to some degree I, I i started to in general just feel better by myself and and be okay with the fact that someone could find me attractive and i you just accept that that's a thing yeah that's, that's a possible thing. and exactly, happens right and, and, and but then, right, almost immediately after that, I, I got braces on because I, I had because uh, I was just getting into stand up. So I'm like, okay, if I want this to be a thing, I yeah, I, I got I to gotta fix all of this, you know. Because I started working out and working on my body, I'm like, okay, I got to work on this this whole thing. Yeah. So I got braces on. So that kind of hindered me again. It kind of set me back. At but like what age were you getting braces? I got braces when I was 29. And yeah. They came off what, like a little less than a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. So they uh, so that that kind of set me back a to. bit. Uh, again, I, I'm like, I felt like, ah, it's, it's a bit much, and I, I, I didn't want to impose on people with, with that. Like, I, again, I felt like it would be an imposition. It, it, it shouldn't have been. I started to get better with it, the, 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 I guess, the, the longer the treatment went on. Mm-hmm. And I guess part of that had to do with seeing the results. My teeth started to, like, really shape up, and I'm like, ah, this is fine. This is not so bad, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is good for me. Yeah, and, and yeah, and, and, and now I'm, I'm in a position where I... I'm very comfortable putting any sort of attraction I have out with anyone that, that if I feel some sort of connection, I'm very comfortable just kind of throwing that out there and being fine with rejection, rejection, whatever the the outcome, no expectation when I throw it out there, but I'm very comfortable now throwing that out there and, and, and letting it either come back in a positive or negative way. But either way, there's no like value judgment. It's like, Hey, you're allowed to not be into it. Great. Yeah, that is great. And that, but sorry, sorry go on. I, no, I just want to say part of that is is has very much to do with with who my my partner is right now. She has really like we we we're in an interesting position. We're we're in an open relationship, mm-hmm. and it was never anything we sat down to discuss. We never like at any point kind of like we. What happened was we were, were living together, and then mm-hmm. we broke up, and then we started seeing other people, but stayed in touch while we were seeing other people, and then we started to reconnect again. And a lot of the reasons why we were bro- broken up was my, my uh, lack of responsibility. I, I very much kind of took advantage of her at the time. Uh, I've, I've done a lot to <laughs> fix that and, and correct the, the, the past mistakes. But it, it is very much with, with her and how, how much confidence I have in, in the love that she gives me. Mm-hmm. And that I can go out there and... and you know, feel something with someone else and not have that affect the love that I get from her and also not have that affect your self love. Yeah, my self love and the love that I have for her as well. Right. So I'm, I'm incredibly confident in the love that we share and that is allowing me to, to go out there and experience things that I like, had no idea was possible. Mm-hmm. That's lovely. Even just that's a really great point. Like, I feel like it's hard just not even talking about you being in a relationship, but you being as a guy approaching girls. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like that's a huge thing guys have problems with. Yeah. That, like, the confidence to approach a, gir- a girl out and be like, hey, let's have a drink sometime. Yeah. Like, you know, 
No. Would you would you be into that? Definitely, yeah. I think that's scary. a very <laughs> scary, hard thing yeah. for guys, right? Yeah. And like the way I see it, it's like yeah, like like put it out there and don't overthink and as you're saying, don't have expectations attached, but like do it because it's it's gonna only get you closer to the person that says yes. Yeah. That says sure, right? For sure, absolutely. And and I think part of the reason why I put up the, the as many walls as I did when I was younger is because I felt like I and I think this the media had a lot to do with this. I felt like anytime I, I felt something for someone I and I got rejected, I'm like, Well that is it for me. That was the one person that was gonna be the one and yeah. now they're gone. And now I don't, I don't feel that way anymore. Like if I if I find someone attractive and I I decide to approach them, it I don't have this preconceived notion where oh my god if this person doesn't find me attractive I will be unhappy and lonely forever. forever. That was my soulmate. Yeah, like just putting the unrealistic yeah. bar, setting the unrealistic Definitely. bar. Yeah. For just this this sentence that I'm gonna say to this person, <laughs> yeah. like I don't even know this person. Like exactly, I could they could like open their mouth. And I'm like okay, see you later. <laughs> Yeah, like, you don't even know yet. Like, it's really... Yeah, and that's another thing that's just, like, so ingrained in our culture. Just that you're watching all the crap on TV that's, like... Definitely. Just makes you think that it's, like, this is the one. It's, like, no, honey. Yeah, there is no such thing. No, Rose. Yeah. Yeah, like, you'll find happiness. Everybody, you know, everybody will get love. Everybody will... There's enough to go around. Definitely, and, and right. But you have to work for it. It's not. It's not something that's just. And it does come from self love. Like uh, there's, there's. I don't know if you watch Westworld or not, but it's yes. oh my gosh, so oh, good. Shit. But it's all about that that inward kind of journey. And so much of that, I feel like the love that I'm getting in my life now is because of the self love I have for myself. Like it's not. It's an inward thing. It's not something that other people give you. It's that something that you attract by having this love for yourself, and it allows other people to love you. Because if you don't like. For the longest time, I didn't love myself, so I. So obviously, no one's gonna approach you if you have. You just you. It's like a repellent, right? It keeps people away. Yeah, it's like, and when you have, yeah, it's it's the secret, man. The secret, (laughs) the secret is real. (laughs) Think it, and it'll happen. Um, But no, it's like honestly, it's like you're putting off pheromones. You're putting off an energy. You're putting off something like walls as yeah. you're saying that you know that nobody's gonna want to come and exactly <laughs> want to break into you know and then when you you turn all that around have a positive energy have self-love then obviously people are going to approach you yeah and obviously it like just makes sense it's science guys <laughs> <laughs> it really is the secret of science um you know when you're yeah when you're putting that out there of course people are going to why wouldn't they say yes yeah you, you a nice confident lovely person is coming up to them and being like, let's grab a drink. Yeah. Of course they'll be yeah, like... Yeah, and, and, it's, and it's a compliment to that person as well, right? Like, oh my gosh, like this person who I don't know will find me attractive enough to then break that barrier and be like, hey, person... That stranger barrier. That? <laughs> yeah, for sure, right? So it, yeah, it, it is, it's a nice thing to experience. Like, I, I've, I've been hit on multiple times by a gay man and and i know people who get like really offended like oh how dare that gay guy but i'm always like oh my god really (laughs) really thank you yeah gay guys hit on matt like anytime matt's in a gay club it's like insane (laughs) they love him because matt has like such a cute face like oh my god yeah people and he's just like hey cool he's like it actually is good for my self-confidence absolutely like, it's, yeah that someone makes... found me attractive enough to kind of approach me and yeah. be like hey i know there's a risk of rejection here but I'm, i don't care that's how much i find you attractive <laughs> i feel like that's so funny i feel like 
guys that are even like cis straight guys that are kind of like not feeling super confident like honestly hang out in a gay club for yeah. an evening you will yeah. get picked up like you will get approached you will because yeah. for whatever reason another thing that's just like about culture of the genders guys are going to approach you more often yeah. than women are definitely it's just in our culture and it's so stupid and like you know gals we're trying we're trying to reverse it but <laughs> It's true that men approach more often yeah. and they're more aggressive, you know, for asking for dates and stuff like that. For sure, right? And I think that has a lot to do with men being told that they need to ask for things early in life and women being, like, told as young women to, like, wait for things to come to you. Yeah. Well, and just that you have to be passive and yeah. that you have to yeah, exactly. go along with it and be agreeable and defer to the man. Right. And yeah, you're not you're not the main. You character. don't have choice. Yeah, yeah you're the, not not the main character. Yeah, I yeah. like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. You don't uh, you don't take up space. You're yeah. We're just told that. So. When it's confidence is all about taking up space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, oh man, we're about wrapping it up. Okay. Holy moly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay then. Um, Floyd, I so you're doing the show in April. I am doing the show in April. Which is April 21st. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost positive it's the 21st. So, double check. I, I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> um, what, uh, do you have anywhere that you would like people to follow you online or yeah. any shows you have coming up? Absolutely. So I have my Comedy is a Second Language show that you mentioned earlier with Carol coming up. Uh, March 24th, yep. I believe, which is next Friday. Mm-hmm. And then I am on social media. Everything is FOADHP, so F-O-A-D-H-P. Mm-hmm. Make sure to stay very consistent. Yeah. <laughs> so across the board, Smart. everything is just FOADHP. Great. And yeah, uh, I don't know. We'll see you at bedpost. Yeah, that would be exciting. <laughs> I'm very excited. Um, and I'd love to have you back on the podcast because I feel like we've got a lot more to talk about as well. Almost definitely. And you're so great. Thanks, Thank you, you too. Thank, Thank you so much for coming out today. <laughs> Thank Everybody, you. this is Fo at HP, and I'm Aaron Pym, and this has been the Bedpost Podcast. Check back often because we release a new episode every Friday. Uh, if you want to see Bedpost live, the Variety Stage show runs at the Social Capital Theater the third Friday of every month at 8. For more information on everything Bedpost, follow us on Facebook at Bedpost Erotica or on Instagram at the Bedpost Sex Show. Lastly, the Bedpost podcast features original music by Stephanie Copeland, who can be reached on Facebook or at her website, stephcopelandmusic.com. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.